brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Oh yes, it's sippin' time again. Hello and welcome to this Sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. Oh, nope. I'm going to I'm going to disagree with that cuz I was watching uh, cheese rolling where they were rolling where they roll a cheese down a hill and you would run down the hill after it. Is that I Hungarian think that was cheese better. rolling or is English cheese rolling? There was an English cheese rolling, oh, I believe. The English one's much better. And they just they roll they just run down a, a steep hill to get that cheese. Whoever gets there first gets the cheese. I think that was more interesting. Was it government cheese? Uh, I think so. Ooh. I think better. Brent just cut the cheese. <laughs> I, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I something so. definitely smells off. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. All right, already fart humor. Two and what do we? Uh, one minute forty six seconds in, right in the toilet we go. All right, well this is Made Man Bob, and joining me today are Made Man Brent. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm glad you guys are all in your own corner, except for Justin. He's been put in the middle. He doesn't know what corner he belongs. He's sitting in Maury's lap, so I don't know. They, they oh no, we're social right distancing. We're very social distancing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm facing away. Yeah, good old boy, Alan. Happy to be here, everybody. And Made Man Maury. Pleasure to be in the stinky basement for a change. I'm glad I brought my gas mask. Well, if I quit farting, it wouldn't be stinky. And good old boy, Justin. Thank you, Bob. I'm glad they uh, issued me that oxygen at the hospital. Lord. Well, Brent Maury and myself are with the Bourbon Mafia. The Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals. With representation in eight states and two continents, our members combine a love of bourbon with a passion for charitable work. The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. You can check them out on Facebook at The Bourbon Mafia. show is also sponsored in part by the Fort Lauderdale Whiskey Society. To find out more about the society and their events, you can visit them at ftlws.com. Not very many events lately. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, nobody's having any. Events nobody's lately. having events. <laughs> the events have dried up. Yeah, if I have to go, if I have to do one more Zoom tasting, it's like, mm, great. I'm sitting in my house drinking by myself with people on TV. How's that? How's that different than what's going on in You've, every trailer in Alabama right now? Yeah, <laughs> and before this, and after, and never. They prepared their lives for this. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And our show is also sponsored in part by Fine Spirits in Cooper City, Florida. I think we should have new sponsors today instead of Fine Spirits. Hmm? I think today should be the day we sponsor uh, JW Law Firm, Inc., Classic Cask. Well, it's sponsored also in part by anybody but our But Fine Spirits is the home of the Enamanatic plan of uh, sipping whiskeys the, me- the, yeah, the megalomaniac yeah. machines yeah so yeah yeah <laughs> you ever notice everybody's smiling and it's just so much more pleasant when he's not around uh, yeah whatever but uh i'd say you should be careful what you say but he'll never listen to this episode <laughs> of course not he's on it he, if he's not on it he's not going to listen to he's it he's got a know? high iq yeah. 
Yeah, if you square it. So <laughs> you can't spill it. Like At least you. he says he does. Yeah. Right. So, all right. Our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. In today's show, we're going to be doing a range of whiskeys. Uh, the spirits we're going to be discussing today from Deadwood, we have the Deadwood Straight Bourbon and the Deadwood Rye Whiskey. Also from Deadwood, we have the Tumbling Dice Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And we have the Senator Straight Rye Whiskey. From Old William Tar, we have the Manchester Reserve and the Inheritance. And from Knob Creek, we have the 15-year-old Knob Creek bourbon. So we're going to have uh, Justin read our sips in some undistinguishable accent that certainly will not sound anything like what it's supposed to. We well, guess, if we don't identify we, the accent, then we can't say it's off. Right. Can we, right, can we guess the accent? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. I have to say that this basement is an ideal base of operations. What in the heck is that supposed to be? <laughs> Here are the I feel like we're in the twilight zone. It's Rod Serling. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. I'm not getting past the senator. <laughs> Just not getting it. Two. Nice. But what else do you have? Well, isn't that nice? Three. Hmm. Interesting. What was this again? Interesting. Four sips. Let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. Five sips. Oh my! I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness. I'm still trying to figure out. All right, so Brent, who is he uh, impersonating? Nope. I'm I'm ready to hear Is that Nathan Lane in the birdcage? (laughs) I'm ready to travel down the river. Al Swearingen from Deadwood. No, still not getting it. Nope, got to getting it. Nope. Not even close. Nope. All right. Moving on. So we're going to have Bori tell us about uh, Deadwood and our first whiskey. Why, thank you, Bob. The Deadwood line of whiskeys are the creation of Proof and Wood Ventures, the same folks who originated the Redemption Whiskey brand. Named for the town where Wild Bill Hickok was famously gunned down during a card game, the hand he was holding when he died, Aces and Eights, became known as the Dead Man's Hand and is featured prominently on the label. Dave Schmier from Proof and Wood Ventures describes the brand as an American table whiskey, good whiskey you can drink every day, all day. At Brent's house, that's everything. Correct. Deadwood Straight Bourbon is all sourced from Indiana. The mash bill is 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% malted barley. As a straight bourbon, it must be a minimum of two years old. Current batches are about three to four years old, and it's made from batches of approximately 25 barrels per batch. It retails for between $20 and $25 per bottle. It's got a beautiful mahogany color. I, I really love the color. Um, it's got a nice nose. You get a lot of corn on the nose. Definitely some caramel, vanilla, oak, a little bit of nuts. And just a very slight hint of chocolate or cocoa. On the palate, um, very pleasant. You're getting a caramel, some dried fruit, a little honey, brown sugar, spice, vanilla, hints of orange peel, and definitely a lot of coconut. It's got a short to medium finish. It's very pleasant. 
It's a nice entry-level whiskey, and I would agree with what they're, uh, they set out to accomplish. It's an all-day drinker. You can drink it any time. It's affordable. You can call it a quaffing whiskey. You can call it a poolside whiskey. You can call it an everyday whiskey, but you really can't go wrong for the money. It's uh, a good value and well-made. Justin? Sir? Well, I think it's a very nice spirit. On the nose... It smelled like um, a really nice humidor. Got that nice woody aroma. A little bit of oak. Some vanilla at the end. On the palate, I got some honey, brown sugar, a lot of coconut. And um, the finish is medium short, but that's pretty much what you'd expect for a spirit that's two or three years old, or even three or four. What'd you think, Bob? Uh, I think he's hit it right on the head when he said it, when I, I spoke to him and he was you know, talking about how he was trying to just make a table whiskey. He's not trying to reinvent the wheel or, you know, make the next pappy or whatever. He's like, I wanted to make something that is affordable that you can afford to drink every day. And that, that, that's, you know, good whiskey. And I think he's nailed it. Um, you know, honestly for that retail price, I see people going into stores and paying two and three times that price for whiskey that I wouldn't wash my dog with. Um, you know, this is this is a solid whiskey. It's definitely get on the nose, the cocoa, the chocolate. A little bit of a nutty aroma on, right on the tip of the nose and on the palate. Hmm. Yeah, you know, huge. It's uh, dried fruit, coconut, caramel. It's a little bit of citrus, like just the slightest little bit of orange peel on the back palate. Hold on. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you're not going to get a much better whiskey for, you know, you're not getting anything better than this for that price. Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, I think it's a solid pour for the money. It's a, it's a great pour. So what do you think, Brett? Yeah, it's got a, you know, interesting label. You know, the aces and eights on the. On the label, they've they've uh, come out with something unique, different, just kind of a little catchy kind of thing to try to draw people over. Like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's what we want to do. And um, the price point is there, twenty to twenty five dollars. You know, see it, mix it. You know, I don't know that you're going to drink this one straight for the most part, but yeah, it'll be a good mixer. I've seen things. you drink a lot, a lot, or a straight, a lot. I never drink anything straight. Mm-hmm. I've never well, been known to. Well, we're That's not going to. We're not going straight. Yeah, we're not going to talk about your, you know, your preferences in that realm. I'm talking about whiskey today. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But what you do, what you do at Fantasy Fest is your own accord, sir. You know, I just wonder what the other card was between the aces and eights. You know, don't so, know. What do you think, Alan? I think it's a lovely structured whiskey that. Gives a lot of flavor and a lot of taste. Uh, absolutely nothing wrong with it. Very likable. And I could picture myself drinking this on the rocks and enjoying it all day long. Yeah. Just a lovely, nice, great whiskey. And uh, easy think, to drink. Very I think palatable. He's on the, I think he's on the right path to it because everybody wants to come out and create, you know, with their new label, the next high-end thing, which is damn near impossible even if you've been around forever but to yeah. come out new and, and try and hit it is is 
basically almost impossible. Nobody is, you know, hey, we need whiskey we can have every day. I need right. something I can mix with my, my ginger ale and I have something on the rocks by the pool that's not going to break my bank. And I think a lot of people are ignoring that. Yep. So we're going to give the Deadwood straight bourbon three sips. Yep. Interesting. Hey, and we're back and we're discussing some lovely whiskeys from Deadwood. We just finished talking about the Deadwood bourbon, and we're going to go to the uh, next one from Deadwood. We're going to have Alan tell us about that one. Well, kind of impressed with it. The Deadwood Rye Distillery is a blend of rye from Indiana and Tennessee. The Indiana rye is in standard MGP mash bill of 95% rye and 5% barley. The Tennessee rye has mash bill of 70% rye, 30% corn. The Indiana rye contributed to the light floral note and the Tennessee rye in the blend to give it a little more grit. It's about a $20 to $25 retail item, which is very, very, very reasonable. And I think this whiskey is aptly named Deadwood. If you remember the TV show, Deadwood, about the Old West, okay, um, I'm sure this is not much different than what people were drinking back then, okay? Very acceptable, nice, you know, there weren't many connoisseurs back in those days. And uh, you went into a bar and you asked for a whiskey or you asked for a rye, and you got something that was pleasant and drinkable. And I think that that's exactly what it is. A very pleasant, drinkable rye whiskey. It's got a fairly light color to it. And uh, that's because it's only two years old. But you know what? Two years in bourbon and rye is like seven, eight years in scotch whiskey. So that's uh, about the minimum time they're allowed to age it. It's picked up flavor of the wood. Will it pick up more? Yeah, it'll pick up dramatically more flavors of wood in the next three years. And then sometimes after that, it's not that much better at all. But this is very drinkable. Um, it's got a nice spicy nose. There's dill, there's honey, there's brown sugar, wood, pear, licorice, and, and a little bit of baking spice. On the palate... The spicy red and black pepper, caramel and honey come through very nicely. And the finish is smooth and yet dry, which is what rye is supposed to be, a dry finish. I'll tell you, uh, another whiskey that is easily quaffable any time of the day or night and uh, doesn't stand on a, a brilliant statue, but it's a very, very nice drinking whiskey. What yeah, do you think? It's a, yeah, it's a very crowded market with the rye whiskey. Um, so, uh, you know, to have it at this price point makes it, you know, makes it affordable for everybody where they can get out and, and get this one. I'm not sure what the what percentages are of the uh, of the Indiana and what percentages are of the Tennessee? But it's, they've did a nice job of blending them, the two of them together. But uh, you know, all your all the nose and the stuff, the palate is really nice. But um, it's just a pleasant, 
nothing stands out about it. Nothing wants me to make makes me want to run out and get it or anything. You know, they don't have anything that they really. You know, it's just it's affordable is the main is the main thing, and it's decent. It's you know, it's not. It's just two years, so you you can't expect something that's going to be like wow. I have to, I need that. Maury? I don't disagree. I think that uh, for the price point, you can't do uh, much better. Uh, it's a little young. It definitely tastes older than uh, than its stated age. Um, 95.5, you know, uh, sings of MGP. Uh, it's, a, it's a great, you know, well-known mash bill that's uh, stood the test of time. And uh, for the money, it's a nice, uh, a nice easy drinker. Uh, Alan hit the nail on the head. Quaffable. Justin? This reminded me a lot of the bullet rye that came out a year or two ago that was also 95.5. Um, the difference between that one and this one, this one's got like bolder rye flavor to it. And um, the dill note is very, very strong with this one. I would be surprised if they put a lot of Tennessee whiskey in this at all because I don't get a huge corn note. You just get a really big rye note. What would you think, Bob? Yeah, it's it, uh, you know the 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 dill note, the dill nose that comes through on most MGP rye is is very present. Um, so you take one sniff and you know that there's some MGP in there. Um, and I don't think that they put a huge amount of the Tennessee rye in there to to you know that it would have blended it out. But having never taken the two whiskeys myself and physically blended them, I don't know. Maybe you go half and half and you still. You know, that's one of the things that still, you know, comes out. Um, a solid whiskey. Again, for, for the price right now, rye is so hot and it's so hard to get. And there's so many people selling such lousy rye. Um, that's the big thing. Is for that a lot of money. There's a, Right. There's a lot of rye. This is a perfectly rye. serviceable rye for $20 or $25. Yeah, right. I, there's I a lot of ryes out there, $40, $50 yeah, that are not, worth, are not worth it. They're not worth this price. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's there's a lot out there that does that don't drink this well for two to three times the price, not you know not even yes. It's a very yes. realistic rye yeah. whiskey, well, and nothing to you know, yeah. nothing to exactly to what he's shooting for. Way, he's shooting for an everyday table whiskey at at a, at a fair price, and I yeah. think he's nailed it. And again, yeah, it's a, it's I a, think he's on to something as far as quaffle. the market. You know, I yeah. think I think that people are going to go, hey, you know, I don't, I can't drink the sixty dollar lousy rye every day it's too much money uh you know what this one this one will get me where i need to go it's 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 pretty decent whiskey and the price is right so hey why not so we're going to be rating the deadwood rye whiskey that's uh 80 83 proof 41.5 percent abv three sips interesting so let's have justin tell us about the next one that we have which is also from deadwood tumbling dice straight bourbon whiskey it's 100 proof or 50% alcohol by volume, and it's four years old, at least. Another expression from the Deadwood line, Tumbling Dice is a high rye bourbon that was distilled in Indiana with a mash bill of 60% corn, 36% rye, and 4% barley, and it goes for about $40 in the store. You can really tell they put a lot more corn in this whiskey. Um, it does taste right about what it ages at the four years old. Uh, you taste the barley just on the end, just a little bit. And it's got the classic MGP dill markers. 
Um, more oak than other expressions we've had today. Definitely some baking spices and just a touch of vanilla. But this is kind of a drier, more astringent bourbon. And um, the finish is pretty decent for a four-year-old. I think it's about fairly priced. What do you think, Bob? Again, for the money, I think it's going to be hard to beat it. Um, you know, I get a... Well, I think, you know, you keep talking about the money. I think it goes back to things say that. People say that a lot about wine. You know, anybody can make a great $100 bottle of Cabernet, yep. but making a great bottle at a yep. reasonable price is really a feat. Exactly. And That's I would argue is. that the same as with whiskey. You know, anybody can make a great $100 bottle of boutique mm -hmm. uh, whiskey, but making something this good for this price is is really a yeah. feat. Yeah, and and that's it. And and there are people out there who are bottling whiskeys of similar ages and of similar quality, but they're jacking the price up twice the price. Two, three, we, four and we've times had a lot of those, and we thought they were yeah. good for forty dollars, yeah, not good for eighty dollars. Yeah. And usually, I try to leave price out of it, but in this particular case, considering the market that he's shooting for on some of these, I think it's. You know, just to actually bring that into the discussion. Agreed. Um, you know, on the nose, it's definitely some nice, some nice oak. I swear, I don't know if I'm picking it up off the other two glasses, but I get absolutely just the faintest hint of dill, um, baking spice, a little bit of blackstrap molasses and vanilla. Mm. And it's just you know, it's a it's a classic high rye bourbon. You know, a little bit of the spice in the in the sides and the back palate, a little bit down the throat. Um, apple pie spice and cinnamon, brown sugar, vanilla. Again, not reinventing the wheel. Not uh, you know, not meant to be the next pappy, but you know, dang for for the price, I think it's a solid bourbon. I like to think, hear right? what Alan has to say about price. He's a marketing genius and a price guru. Among other things. I would say this is very, very honest pricing. It's a quality product at a very reasonable price. I think I have to stress, it's quality product. Yeah. Okay? There's nothing negative about the quality of this. Quality is real good. We all have our own different determinations uh, on taste it's a, it's all a matter of personal likes and dislikes i think this was done very very well i certainly like it a lot i think as a four-year-old it tastes as good if not much better than many eight-year-olds mm -hmm. that i've had it's not overly aged you're not getting no. that yeah. would bite you, to you know one thing I want when you talk about the price of something, I always look at it like this: if you're spending twenty five dollars on a bottle, that's a dollar a dollar a drink, a dollar a shot. It's just the way you look at it, you know. So 50, sure, you know. So fifty dollars, you're spending two dollars a shot, and it's like so you have to look at yourself. Well, would I pay that? And when I would I go out some place and pay three times that if I was sitting at a bar, or sitting someplace, and um, and this does qualify in that range. You would do that, you know. You would pay that amount for it, yeah, easily. It, you know? it, I think it's a, a not only a great value, but a quality, quality product. 
But I, I agree with Brent, and it's a little off the subject here for this because this is focused on on quality. And there are a lot of Americans that won't spend more than thirty, forty dollars on a bottle of whiskey. And so you know, there's this, a lot. This, well, there's a lot of people who can't. You know, right. So and that and this yeah. fits the bill. Yeah. But when I start to talk about people who talk about, oh my God, and they're put off by the price, I exactly do what you do, and I go right back to the cost per shot. You got twenty four one ounce pours in a bottle. And at $24, it's a dollar a pour. So that $75 bottle that really is off-putting to a lot of people, yes, you got to have the 75 bucks. But if you do, you know, what are you talking about? Three bucks a shot. And nobody would bat an eyelash at a $10 rum and Coke at a bar. But you can have this bottle for many, many, many months. And at $3 a shot, it's one-third the cost at home. So Exactly. Oh, exactly. And that's what... And well, it's always going to be less at home. I mean, that rum and coke's about forty cents at home. Well, it, you know, <laughs> well, there's. I mean, the, the rum and the the drinks I make at home are a lot stronger than the drinks I make in the bar or whatever. So yeah, they are cocktails that contain nothing but whiskey. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my my drink is bucket. bourbon and bourbon. Yeah, bourbon Here, and bourbon. Here's the thing. Okay, we're all being very sensible, responsible human beings. Not going out that much. Certainly not going into bars as much as we would like to. I've been going to the subway and licking all minute, the rails. Wait a minute. You, <laughs> there's bars that are out there that are, you know, people are very much going to and stuff, you know? Like yeah, not, but I'm not yeah, going there. Not, you're not. Brent's you're house. Not. I'm not yeah. going there. Brent's house. And uh, the way I see it, you know, I, I love the ideology of looking at it as, you know, hey, go out, buy a bottle of, of Doer's White Label, which is a, a very lovely, drinkable, blended Scotch whiskey. And you buy a 175 and it costs you 30 bucks for the bottle these days, okay? And you wind up getting 59 drinks out of it. And, you know, I may never go to a bar again. Unless the, these guys are taking me. Well, out. that's because most bars won't <laughs> let you in. Yeah, I mean, you've yeah been, you're no longer West Beyond. You've been Florida, pretty much blacklisted from many places. I've been thrown yeah. out of better bars yeah. than this many times. But uh, my point, Alan, is that people at home, um, you know, you would people wouldn't think twice about spending ten bucks on a mixed drink in a bar for garbage for well bourbon or well rum. Correct. Um, and if you're going to be home. You know, you're not spending 30 bucks a drink. You're not even spending 10 bucks a drink. You're literally spending for a hundred dollar bottle, you're spending less than four dollars a drink. And most of us would agree that we're worth four bucks. Oh, and no so doubt I about really it. try to encourage people that are as long as it's worth the as long as it's worth that. Yeah, yeah. But there's right. some there's some ones that there's right. some hundred dollar ones that but like, I like oh. to tell people that really put off by anything more than 30 bucks, you're worth four bucks. You'd spend 10 bucks in a bar. Don't be ashamed of buying a hundred dollar bottle because it's four bucks a drink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's, and that's Maury's economic quote. advice for the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so let's. Uh, I'm bowing out of that one. So let's but move it on. So the Templin Dice uh, good, straight good bourbon advice, whiskey. Maury. Good advice. Uh, we're going to be giving that three sips. Interesting. All right. So moving on to our uh, last bourbon from the folks at Proof and Wood. We're going to have Brent tell us about that one. Thanks, Bob. The Senator Straight Rye Whiskey is from the fall of 2019. It's 116 proof, 58% ABV. It's a six-year-old. Um, the Senator Six-Year-Old Barrel Proof Straight Rye Whiskey is distilled in Indiana. And as a mash bill, that's 95% rye and 5% malted barley. I wonder where that could come from. 
95.5. Can't even think of who can't would do even, that besides Can't even MGK. imagine where it would come from in Indiana like that. But each batch is composed of between 10 to 20 carefully selected barrels and bottled at barrel proof. Now, barrel proof is the key word in this in this one because this is uh, nice. It's got a nice, nice dark copper color to it. It's like this nice shiny copper color. The uh, the nose, beautiful nose. I get all this all the uh, classic rye notes. I get some uh, get some vanilla in there. Get some pepper. Get some get a little bit of a tobacco on that um, on the palate. I get uh, I get toffee, uh, orange peel, light tobacco. I get some uh, some 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 chocolate. It's it's just beautiful. This one here is a step above what we're what we just had, and it really shows. And I and I'm not just saying that because of the proof. I think that does make a difference. But the, and I am a proof guy. Most people know, but uh, that's a nice way of saying alcoholic. But yeah, alcoholic as well. But um, this one is I I just consider this one leaps and bounds above the other products that they had. And and it kind of shows. And I agree with you. I think the extra two more years is a fifty percent uh, up, uptick in age, but also I think the proof makes a difference. So I think you put it all together. You yeah, get you a, don't want to compare. You don't want to compare. You don't want to try to compare everything against something else. But when it all comes from the same kind of distillery, you can say that. You can say, "Oh, look, and this is their superior product from what their other ones are from the, uh, you know, from those. Those are like this one is." Uh, is a better is a better product. This is their their the more premium product of the of that they have. And and I I think the packaging shows it's a little bit upgraded in premium. I love the beautiful wax seal on the top of the bottle. Um, you know I I agree. I think every way it's a step up. Uh, we don't do we know the retail on this? Don't know. Probably a little bit of a step up, but uh, hard to say whether it's worth a step up because we don't know the pricing. But I agree with Brent. I think this is uh, the nicest thing we've had today. It's really a step up in terms of flavor, in terms of complexity, in terms of mouthfeel, finish. Really, uh, you know, a, a beautiful whiskey. I think they've shown that they can do something that's affordable and drinkable for the average man on an everyday basis and they can also pull out the stops and make something that's uh, uh more of a premium product right oh yeah and the, the and it's the barrel proof i mean you know the 116 proof it really gives it that nice little kick and you can do whatever body. you want with it yeah. then and then you can make a you know you can make your manhattan you can make your you know any nice uh uh you know, rye, you know, mixed drink with it because it's going to have that, that oomph for it that you want to have yeah. in, a, in a mixed drink. For sure. Um, you know, Alan, what do you... I like it. I think it's a, a, a not just lovely, but a very good uh, structured whiskey. Um, terrific stuff, you know. Um is it the most exceptional whiskey I've ever drank? No. Does it certainly give out a great good quality? The answer is yes. Yeah. It's a nice whiskey. We'll be back. Hey, and we're back, and we're talking about the Senator Straight Rye Whiskey from the folks over at uh, Proof and Wood Ventures. So what do you think about it, Justin? Well, I think it had a decent rye hit to it. Um, it definitely had that MGP dill note that they're famous for. 
And the finish was pretty nice, pretty well balanced. Um, but there are a lot of competition in this market segment for six years straight rye whiskey. And I think this hits about the middle of the pack of those. What'd you think, Bob? I thought it was really good. Um, again, it's good. It's nutty on the palate. There's a lot of toffee in there. Hmm. A little bit of orange peel. Get a little bit of a uh, little bit of light tobacco and and old leather. Uh, some chocolate notes. Yeah, on the back palate. Um, let's see. Just a touch of water here. See what we get out of that. Mm. Yeah, the water actually brought out a little bit of the sweetness in it. Um, a solid whiskey. I mean, and definitely of, of the ones we've gotten from them, I think it's the best one they've had so far. Uh, I think they did a, I think they did one before this one. It was like ten or eleven year uh, release, but. Again, I think, uh, you know, a great, solid, honest whiskey. Um, absolutely nothing wrong with this. I'd drink this all day long. So, for the Senator uh, Straight Rye Whiskey, we're going to be giving it four sips. That's classified. All right, so we're going to be moving on to our next whiskey uh, from the William Tarr Distillery. All right. Um, when the federal government mandated that whiskeys be registered, the Ashland Distillery in Lexington, Kentucky, was the first to register in 1865 and became known as RD Number no. 1. The Ashland Distillery was purchased in November 1871 by William Tarr, Bourbon County, and Thomas Megabin. I can't, I, I, man, I'm looking at that, I'm not sure, um, of Harrison County. Uh, Mr. Tarr was a prominent land speculator in the area, and both were distillers and entered the business before the Civil War. They continued to produce Ashland and produced uh, the William Tarr whiskey as well. In May of 1879, a fire destroyed the distillery. It's like every one of them. Every, every single distillery. I mean, like lightning strikes. Fire, fire, fire. <laughs> I mean, uh, so this fire forced the local business community to establish a waterworks at lower, uh, in order to get the lower insurance rates. Uh, the waterworks provided a year-round supply of water to fight fires. Um, the distillery was reorganized in September of 1879 as William Tarn Company. The firm had the annual capacity of 6,000 barrels. A combination of the Panic of 1893 and the General Depression of the whiskey industry resulted in the liquidation of the company's assets in 1899. Uh, their successors continued in operation until about 1908, and local investors in Lexington have decided to resurrect the William Tarr brand and the story of Lexington's first registered distillery. For now, the bourbon's going to be sourced throughout Kentucky until they are up and running and able to have their own product to offer, and we're fortunate to have samples of their first two releases, which are set for public release in the fall of 2020. Uh, the two releases will come back-to-back -back in the fall of 2020. The first uh, label to release is a whiskey blend known as Old William Tar Whiskey Manchester Reserve. And following that release will be a 12-year-old bourbon known as Old William Tar Bourbon Inheritance. Um, what might be most unique to the distillery is a small-batch social club for uh, bourbon enthusiasts, and, uh, known temporarily as the Tar Underground. 
uh, members who have special access to new product releases as well as the opportunity to mingle with owners and events and tastings and whatnot. Uh, other membership perks also include complimentary tastings, pre-order opportunities, uh, barrel picks, and uh, exclusive appearance. And an exclusive appearance would coach Mark Stoops, um, who is also one of the investors in this, I believe. Uh, Tar Underground represents uh, to people who want to be uh, movers and shakers in the Lexington in, uh, bourbon industry, and people who want the opportunity to do something before anyone else in town. Uh, let's see, next Wednesday, uh, well, it's past that now. Uh, July 1st, they held their first event, a VIP sneak peek. So let's uh, let's start talking about the whiskey here. So let me see. We are at uh, that one right there. So the William Tarr Whiskey Manchester Reserve is 114 proof, 57% ABV. It's got a nice burnish brown color to it. On the nose, I get molasses, old leather, sort of a tobacco barn sort of aroma. Let's try the palate. Hmm. On the palate, I get a big hint of a uh, big hit of maple. Um, a lot of pepper up front, a lot of spice. Mm, sort of an English toffee and a uh, big caramel note on the back. And it's got a you know, medium long finish. Nice whiskey. What'd you think, Brad? Yeah, this one, I, this one kind of impressed me a little bit right off the bat when I had the uh, when once I had a little bit of water to it. I it needed the sit, it needed a little bit of water, and then it then it came back to me, and um, you know it had all the classic notes. Um, but on their palate, yeah, the t the tobacco, leather, and pepper on the palate was, um, and then it followed by a little bit of by a little bit of caramel at the end there. Um, I, you know, I'm used to the caramel and the vanillas up front, and so this was almost more like a, you know, like a rye. So I kind of think it's like a rye blend versus, uh, you know, a, a, a traditional bourbon blend. I think it's a high rye mash bill hmm. versus um, the corn, you know, high corn uh, mash bill, high wheat mash bill. Hmm. Um, it's uh, it was yeah, very I wish pleasant. I had more details on you know origin or at least the mash bill, but we we got what we got. Right? So, no, 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 yeah. no. I understand that, you know. So, uh, you know, I was a little, I was kind of a little put off for it at first, and then uh, the air, the water, mm -hmm. you know, the time, everything came back to it and stuff, and it's very enjoyable. I, it's, yeah. I like this 114 proof. Um, I hope they don't overprice themselves out of the market. That's what I hope is that, you know, I mean, uh, you know. We it's can, an inaugural release, and I'm sure taters will be snapping it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, what they yeah. do. You know, something's limited, something that's like, okay, it's the first thing that's released, and everybody wants to jump on it, you know, and it's. Um, it is what it is. What can you it do? is what it is, yeah. So, Alan? Um, it's interesting. Um, taste is subjective. Okay, subjectively, I'm personally not that much into this one. Um, I think it, it's drinkable, and I think there are people that are going to like it. Just doesn't do anything for me personally, but I think it's a well structured whiskey. Well, let me let me amplify on that, Alan. I I would agree with you when it was first poured in my glass. I was pretty underwhelmed. I think Brent hit the nail on the head with air time and water 
it's improved. It's now something that I could, and again, we're used to opening something inexpensive and entry level and drinking it right away and quaffing it, whatever you want to call it, and maybe something more pricey, more sophisticated, we might recognize needs air. And again, you're talking about who's buying it in the market. I don't know where it's priced. I agree with Brian. I hope it's priced nicely. Um, but I think it's a great entry-level, middle-of-the-road whiskey. It's not overly complex, but it's definitely pleasant with some air and with a little bit of water. The air definitely makes it a lot more pleasant. Justin? Off the bat, it it didn't hit me right, but I think if I put it in a large glass with a really huge ice cube that's slow to melt that the cold pushing down the flavors a little bit more narrower band um, and the coldness would make it better but I don't have the opportunity to do that today what do you think Bob? Well, I'm the yeah, one Bob was the one who talked so about, about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thanks for participating I'm going to take a step back I think that this is a great product to be used in cocktails Okay, I think there are aspects to it that make it great for a cocktail. Just you know, subjectively, right? Not my taste, but a good bourbon nonetheless. Yeah, I think I think this is That's significantly changed from you know, when so. we first opened it. And I will tell you, I, I I put water in mine, and and water really brought a lot of the flavors out. You know, a lot of stuff that was muted. I just literally a drop or two, and it just it really opened up. So I think that, Alan's that right. Helps. I think it's a nice cocktail whiskey. Again, I think when you start with an 80-proof whiskey and a cocktail, it's going to get lost in water down. You end up with a 30-proof cocktail. But you start with something like this, a little higher proof. Not at Brent's house, you don't. Trust me on that one. I've, I've had cocktails with him. <laughs> Here, here's a here's a 64-ounce big gulp full of gas-strength bourbon and a cherry. <laughs> What's that? Oh, it's an old-fashioned. Uh, shouldn't there be something else in it? Oh, two cherries. Oh, thank you. There you go. Yeah. It's well, a, at least have you a bucket of liquor. So. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I obviously cheated you the last time you came. <laughs> yeah, I only got one cherry, you bastard. So the Old William Tar Whiskey Manchester Reserve, we're going to be giving three sips. Interesting. All right. So we're going on to the next one from William Tar. And who do we have doing that one? I can't Maury. We have Maury. It's Maury. Oh, I can't Alan read my Maury. own handwriting. Oh, is it Maury? No, you're no, no, that's Maury. Yeah. Maury. It's Maury. That's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Maury. They were both fighting over never, which one should do it. I was never a good reader. They were both on, fighting Maury. over which one should do it. So I think, you know, it's... All right. Well, this expression is the old William Tarr bourbon called Inheritance. It comes in at 120 proof or 60% ABV. Even Justin can do that math. It's 12 years old. <laughs> I doubt it. Nope. I tell you what a third of it is. You can only do thirds, man. (laughs) Uh, It's got a lovely uh, coppery, bronzy color. It's got uh, a pleasant nose. Um, Honestly, this was not my favorite whiskey. Uh, I thought they did a much better job on the first expression. This whiskey is... um, Did you try water in it? I did try some water. Water really, really, I thought, helped a lot. Yeah, uh, I got a lot of cherry, a lot of lot almost yeah. kind of reminded me of cough syrup. I'm not a big fan of uh, red berry fruit in my whiskey because I find that it just brings me right back to my childhood of too much cough syrup. 
Just hey, just because your mother when you had issues, don't put that on the rest of us. I it liked kept you quiet, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did that pillow over his face. <laughs> um, so why his mom scream at the top of her lungs? He just won't go. Yeah, honey, go to the light. Yeah. <laughs> All are welcome. All are come to the light. Yeah. Well, let me know when you're done. Bob. <laughs> He'll never be finished. No. <laughs> um, it's got a nice palate. It's it's got a nice mouthfeel. It's got a medium finish. Um, it just it's it's well made. It's just not my flavor profile. There's there's something off putting on the on the palate. There's something that I, I can't, can't put, put my, my finger, finger on, on it. exactly. I can't put my finger on it, but it's just a little bit it's just a little bit off putting, you know, for a bourbon that you're expecting to get a, those caramel and vanillas and and stuff. And it just twelve years it, old, hundred twenty proof. You expect you expect yeah. There's something that fireworks. I did yeah. you try water in it? I did put some water in it, you it know. But there's still something. It. There's something I can't put my finger on, like it's off-putting that it just. Um, it's I've, we've had whiskeys that are a little hint of petroleum. That's not it. It's definitely not petroleum. No, no, no it's not. There's definitely not a, a flavor you could put your finger right, on. It's not like a, it's not like this. Like oh, I can distinguish this, and it's like a really terrible thing that that it that it is. It's just not right. Not not a not not like the bourbony. You know, yeah, like, about you I'm guys, I like it. <laughs> cough syrup. I get cough syrup. Cough syrup. <laughs> I get milk duds on the nose. Milk duds. Yeah. Water really helped it I thought, out. Alan, Alan, I think you suggested you thought the barrel might have been overcharged, that you got a little burnt note to it. Well, talking about overcharred, I don't know if it's overcharred, but I do believe it's a little bit older than it should have been. Yeah, I'm with like him maybe, on that. I, okay. I think they need to take this out of the Maybe it was yeah. maybe a high yeah. tier. Bur- yeah. Bourbon and rye at 12 years old. Is like Scotch whiskey at twenty five years old. Easily, so, so I mean this yeah. could, this could be a, this could be a high tier. Uh, yeah, it could hot, be real high. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and that. again, interesting structure. Nothing negative, negative, no. but just my own personal if, palate. If you're the wood. kind of guy who likes a lot of, you know, if you like a if larger you like a wood, lot of wood, it's if great. you like a larger wood profile, yeah, then this is absolutely. this is absolutely you. It, it's the same thing. Like you know, you go to Japan. What do they love? They love it really woody over there woody you know so like it's Cherry just herring. you know it's just what you just like a good substitute you know? and slovewitz i don't know i mean some days i dig it sometimes i don't today i'm just kind of digging it but uh yeah not bad hmm. do we dare ask justin We'll run Man. out of time. He better say something. Quick. Well, Hope water, that was it. Thank you, Justin. Really, it's it's been good having you today. We've enjoyed your comments. Water really helps this a lot. It. I detected the same off note you guys did, but a couple of drops of distilled water finished that, and then it just became a nice, smooth drink. Distilled. You're yeah. so sophisticated. So, so sophisticated. <laughs> All right. We're going to write this. Uh, four steps. All right. Let's go to the Knob Creek. Four? Four. Three <laughs> sips. Three sips. Whatever. I thought it was two. <laughs> running out of time here. Um, so let's go to the Knob Creek 15. Let's have Alan tell us about that one. Now, Knob Creek 15 is a lovely, lovely, lovely whiskey. Uh, joining the current line of the Classic 9 and the more recent 12-year-old, this limited release is extremely special at 15 years old. The color is beautiful, gold dark nose has everything taste has everything i'm gonna give this one a four for me 
Brent, what'd you think? Okay. For me, I'm going to tell you, if I had a choice, I would just get a, uh, a single barrel, uh, 12 year, 120 proof. Um, uh, this one was a little underwhelming for a 15 year. It did improve uh, with time in the glass. Yeah. yeah. Right. But yeah. I agree with you. I don't think it's, uh, it, it underdelivered, overpromised and underdelivered. Yeah. Yeah. Well nope. made. We're going to give it three sips. Interesting. Well, we ran a little short on time because some people just got wordy. But that's all the time we have for that was today. Ju- that was the wordy person. That was Justin. Obviously yeah. me. <laughs> that was Justin. And we hope Sorry you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap the subscribe button. The easiest way to listen to our show is ask Siri, Alexa, or Google to play podcasts, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Love your feedback. You can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com and our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at sipsudsmokes or our Facebook page, which is always buzzing with lots of news. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. It's a big help to us and we get to see your feedback as well. Want to thank our co hosts for joining us. Thank you, Brent. Uh, thanks for putting me in the corner. It's um, great to stay away from you all. And uh, it was a nice day uh, drinking bourbon. You belong in the corner. Thank you, Alan. Fabulous being out of jail and back in civilization. We're glad to pick you up, buddy. You and Elwood. <laughs> Thank you, Maury. Thank you, Bob. Bad day in the basement's better than a great day of working. Everything's better than a good day of working. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Bob. Good being here. Good break from house arrest. Yeah, well, we'll get that thing off your ankle soon enough. All right. I well, got some bolt cutters. Well, yeah, I'm sure you do. Sip says and smokes. This is Made Man Bob. Thank you for joining us. Remember, life is too short to drink bad whiskey. Tanhand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.